Hello and welcome to this Black Talk Radio News Commentary. My name is Scotty Reed. On this particular episode, we are going to take a look at some criticism about human rights abuses lobbied at China, which the Chinese Communist Party is about to have its 100-year anniversary. And so we have this U.S. representative out of Wisconsin by the name of Mike Gallagher, a suspected racist. Again, I'm not calling him a racist. I just suspect him of practicing racism because of some of his views. But um, this guy is now taking aim at China, which, you know, that seems to be his thing as he's been complaining of late that the United States is losing the quote unquote Cold War against China. All right, so we're going to take a look at a number of different things that I want to share with you. But first, we will start with this article on Fox News, um, which mentions, which has quotes from him. So says the Chinese Communist Party condemned by bipartisan resolution for 100 years of human rights abuses. Lawmakers say they look forward to the day that the Chinese Communist Party no longer exists. And I'm sure the feeling's mutual, but whatever. All right, so it says, in preparation for the Chinese Communist Party's centennial anniversary next week, a bipartisan group of lawmakers submitted a resolution Friday condemning China's human rights abuses over the last 100 years, led by Wisconsin Republican Mike Gallagher, the resolution lists atrocities committed by the CCP against his own people dating back to 1930 and pledges to stand with the Chinese people in their struggle for liberty. The resolution was co-sponsored by Republican representatives Mike McCall of Texas, Elise Stamfanik of New York, and Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania. Three Democratic House members also signed on to the bill. Representatives Ruben Gallego of Arizona, Josh Gottenheimer of New Jersey, and Jared Golden of Maine. More than 30 instances of human rights abuses were listed by the lawmakers, ranging from the annexation of Tibet in 1951 to the grotesque human rights abuses against the Uyghurs in Zhejiang starting in 2017. Uh, the House of Representatives condemns the Chinese Communist Party for 100 years, a gross violation of human rights, including repression, torture, mass imprisonment, and genocide, Gallagher wrote in the resolution. All right, so let me stop it right there before we jump to some of these other um, items that I would like to share with you. We just had the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre, where you had a bunch of white supremacists uh, target the Greenwood district of Tulsa, Oklahoma, which was a black district, um, rich or wealthy, well-to-do black folks, as well as a lot of poor black folks as well. Um, I don't call it Black Wall Street because I don't think that Wall Street is something to emulate. You want to talk about human rights abuses and what have you, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, but we just had that anniversary. And, of course, the United States government's been around a lot longer than 100 years, and it is rife with human rights abuses. And anybody who tries to deny it is just a liar, just a liar, suspected racist. 
Um, so let me go ahead and share some other information uh, with you on this subject. So I looked up incarceration rates by country. Now, I pretty much knew this information uh, from my work with New Abolitionist Radio to bring attention to the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution, which does not, contrary to popular belief, does not abolish slavery, but simply transform the institution of slavery from plantation slavery to prison slavery. And there's been many books and documentaries written about it, but let's look at incarceration rates by country 2021. Um, it starts off by saying mass incarceration in the United States has led to several issues, including overcrowded prison, prisons, which increase health risk and de decrease psychological well-being. Additionally, the increasing number of prisons is putting a significant strain on state budgets. Prisons must control and administer all aspects of life for inmates, which lengthy and costly lists of necessities, not that they're getting everything that they need. And I don't think China has privatized prisons, which we have in the United States and have, have had them for quite some time. Uh, prisons must control and administer all aspects of life for inmates, which lengthy and costly lists of necessities. Prison costs include adequate security. Nope, we hear a lot about the insecurity of these prisons, food, terrible food, recreation and educational opportunities. Some prisons do, some prisons don't infrastructure maintenance. You got a lot of prisons that don't even have, uh, as we're experiencing this heat wave, they don't even have central air or air conditioning. I just heard a representative out of Texas last week talking about, we don't want any air conditioners, air conditioning in our prisons. Mind you, that extreme heat leads to what? Heat stroke and, and even death. So again, just the audacity and of the hypocrisy of some of these uh, United States representatives. Um, let me go on. It says the United States is the world leader in incarceration, despite the national incarceration rate being at its lowest in 20 years, with about 25% of the world's prison population being in the U.S. The United States currently has over 28 million 2.1 million total prisoners the prison population in 1972 was 200,000 almost 2 million less than it is today so where does the united states rank in comparison to china in the incarceration rates here we had the top 10 countries with the highest incarceration rates and of course the united states is number 1 followed by el salvador Turkmenistan, Thailand, Palau, Rwanda, Cuba, Maldives, Bahamas, and Grenada. So where, where does China with its 1 billion people rank? And, and by the way, uh, Louisiana and Oklahoma has the highest rates in the United States. Louisiana, a few years ago when I was doing the research, had seven times the prison population of China. And China has a billion people. There's not a billion people in the United States, period, let alone Louisiana. So there's United States at um, prisoner rate of 639 per, I think it's 100,000, something like that. Yeah, per 100,000. 
So they lead the world in that. Where is China? We got to keep scrolling down, keep scrolling down. Let me keep going. Here we go. Uh, where is China? Where is China? I know China's on here. How far behind the United States is the question. So, I mean, we have gone all down this list, and there's China at 121 people per 100,000. And again, they have a population approaching one and a half billion people. And they don't lock up people like the United States. Again, China, 121 per 100,000. We go all the way to number one, and we see the United States at 639 per 100,000. Now, he wants to talk about torture. Well, on just bringing up the prisons, solitary confinement is torture. It is recognized by the world community as torture. And it is something that's overused by the United States. We've had people, political prisoners, um, people who were associated with the Black Panther Party, who spent 40 plus years in solitary confinement. So this is Human Rights Watch, and they are pointing to USA and torture, a history of hypocrisy. You can look that article up if you want to read some of this, but I scrolled down and it even points out the claims of those who are wait a minute, below are some examples of such statements uh, criticizing other countries for using the same techniques. So we're talking about waterboarding. Of course, we know the United States waterboards people. All right. They criticize other other. Um, let me see. Who did they criticize for waterboarding? Boarding. Sir, uh, 2000, the State Department's 2003 to 2007 human rights reports on Sri Lanka classified near drowning as among methods of torture. In the reports on Tunisia from 1996 to 2004, submersion of the head in water is classified as torture. And then it gives examples of the United States doing the same stuff. Again, the hypocrisy of suspected racist Mike Gallagher. And I mean, it has a lot of examples. Stress positions, forced standing, forced nudity. So the State Department, again, in 2006, put out a human rights report on Jordan and calling them out for, for such things. And again, a report by the International Community of the Red Cross um, said, said the same about detainees in U.S. custody. Goes on and on. The hypocrisy never ends. Threats of harms to persons and family. All right. Here, the United States made a report about Turkey. And then, according to a 2009 CIA Inspector General's report, during interrogations, the CIA debriefer put an unloaded semi automatic handgun to detainee Abd al Rahim al Nashiri's head and also turned the power drill on and off to frighten him while he was naked and hooded. All right. They also made threats against his family. All right. So, again, the hypocrisy of the United States don't stop. Sleep deprivation, use of loud music. They criticized Indonesia, Iran, Jordan, Libya, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey when they were doing the same thing, as you can see here. 
All right, so goes on. Prolonged solitary confinement, confinement in small space. Well, we don't have to look at just detainees and the so-called war on terror. We could just look to the prisons, as I was speaking about, solitary confinement being viewed as torture. And, it, you know, it just goes on and on with these examples. All right. Now, he wants to also, they want to talk about political repression. Here's a book about political repression in modern America from 1870 to 1976. All right. So said Robert Justin Goldstein's political repression in modern America provides the only comprehensive narrative account ever published of significant civil liberties violations concerning political dissidents, since the rise of the post-Civil War modern American industrial state, a history of the dark side of the land of the free Goldstein books covers both famous and little known examples of government repression, including reactions to the early labor movement, the Haymarket affair, Little Red Scares in 1908, 1935, and 1938 through 1941, the repression of opposition to World War I, the 1919 Great, Great Red Scare, the McCarthy period, and post-World War II abuses of the intelligence agencies. Okay, so uh, a person who re reviewed the book, I want to scroll down and because it'll give you a little bit more detail about what's in this book. Uh, what this person had to say. So this person, How the U.S. Tramples Descent, reviewed by Eric Rutter on December the 14th, 2001. They're talking about page nine. The official purpose of President Woodrow Wilson's American Protective League, uh, Protective League with 350,000 agents by the end of the First World War was to help the government with food rationing, setting up draft offices and investigating the loyalty of Americans who wish to travel abroad. Another thing I'll point out about Woodrow Wilson, um, he is the one who reviewed that Klan movie, Birth of a Nation, which uh, was an endorsement of Ku Klux Klan terrorism against African-Americans and other non-white people. And Woodrow Wilson was a staunch uh, white supremacists. We don't even have to call him a, a suspected racist. We know he was a racist based off of the things that he did. It says, in reality, the APL established in 1917 quickly became a largely out-of-control, quasi-governmental, quasi-vigilante agency, which established a massive spy network across the land, land rights, Goldstein. Speaking of spying on American citizens, Eric Snowden. Okay, Eric Snowden, if you don't know who he is, look him up, whistleblower about the secret government surveillance program the United States had launched after the, uh, the attack on, on, on uh, the World Trade Center in, on 9-11, 2001. Uh, let me see, A APL agents bug, infiltrated, disrupted, and attacked radical organizations in union meetings. Not surprisingly, as Goldstein points out, the head of the APL urged his chief lieutenants to obtain financial support from leading businessmen who usually are the ones benefited in a property sense by the protection afforded by our organization. Okay, um, goes on to say, but the APL was just a warm-up for the Palmer Raids, named after Attorney General A. Mitchell Palmer, which began in late 1919, led to the roundup of thousands of immigrants and the forced deportation of hundreds on the grounds that they were, quote-unquote, 
communist. That's political repression. All right. That's also xenophobic uh, repression. Palmer laid the groundwork by stoking panic and racist fears of alien filth. Like U.S. Attorney General John Ashcroft today, Palmer issued warnings of violent attacks against the government, which never materialized. The Palmer raids happened in the midst of massive strikes in the steel and coal industries and meant that thousands of strikers were arrested on minor charges such as laughing at police. In the end, they targeted the remnants of the industrial workers of the world and the newly founded Communist Party. In, in one day in 1925, 1,000 to 10,000 Communist Party members were rounded up in 30 cities. Okay, so again... If we have so much freedom and, and we're free from repression, what's all this political repression simply because you identify with a, a particular uh, uh, politics, okay? Communism, socialism, whatever. They, they, they have always used that as a boogeyman to justify their racism, xenophobia, and other uh, repression in the United States. Says Goldstein's books is an exalt exhaustive accounting of the U.S. government's history of repression, from putting down the greatest labor uprisings of the 1870s, uh, especially look at West Virginia, when those coal miners uh, went to war uh, with these people, uh, to the FBI infiltration and decimation of Black revolutionary groups and peace organizations in the 1970s. So one of those groups will be the Black Panther Party, where they um, tried to frame um did frame some others were found innocent of the charges but they also assassinated um many leaders in the black panther party not to mention the government implicity uh, or complicity in the assassinations of malcolm x as well as martin luther king jr okay um so that's what they're talking about that's political repression Again, they labeled King as a communist. They, they called him a socialist. You know, they used those, that term interchangeably. And, ju and just because he wanted stuff like, like housing for all, decent housing for all, wages, decent wages uh, for all, all right? Um, and this person who reviewed the book says, it shows how politicians justify attacks on civil liberties by appealing to the need for security, but also how they use their expanded powers to go after anyone who dares to dissent. All right, so Mr. Gallagher, interestingly, but not surprisingly, is one of those um, members of the Republican Party who is engaged in academic repression of critical race theory by, um, you know, with these attempts to ban teaching on critical race theory as it multiplies across the country, basically using lies. You know, they, they're telling people, I had one, one uh, imbecile today um, on a video I made about the Japanese-American Tommy Kono, Como, or Kono, uh, who was in a Japanese internment camp. And then I showed the, the uh, congressional bill that authorized putting people in concentration camps based on their race simply because they were of Japanese descent. Didn't matter that they were born here, lived here, 
their entire lives. And I had this, this imbecile try to say, oh, this is a Marxism and it's teaching people that white people are bad and they hate white people and it does nothing of the sort. Marxism has nothing to do with it, but since when has, you know, telling lies not been in style for these people? They love to lie because the truth, you know, the truth will expose them for what they are. So, you know, they engaged in, in Nazi-like behavior, perpetrating big lies about stuff. So um, suspected racist U.S. Representative Mike Gallagher is one of those. Wisconsin Republican U.S. Representative Mike Gallagher sent a letter to the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, on May the 3rd, expressing his concern about racist instruction in schools. Department of Education, Gallagher wrote, should be prioritized in helping students recover from the devastating impacts of school closures during the pandemic. I am concerned that you would instead prioritize racist pedagogy and anti-American revisionism through your recently proposed rule on American history and civics education under auspices of culturally responsive teaching. How about just telling the damn truth? A key product of critical race theory, Gallagher wrote. So again, this man don't know what he's talking about. He's just a suspected racist liar. And he wants to take the Communist Party in China's 100-year anniversary to produce some propaganda while being hypocritical and not even wanting anyone to, dis to discuss or be educated on the numerous human rights abuses of the United States since its founding, let alone in the last 100 years. All right, this has been Scotty with a Black Talk Radio News commentary. Please support the production of independent black media by supporting the blacktalkradionetwork.com platform, which is managed by the nonprofit Black Talk Media Project. You can make a donation, tax deductible donation today. Peace and blessings. <laughs>